Good morning, Pensacola. Andrew McKay and the Pensacola Morning News starts right now. should be applied equally every town hall i do michelle and you've been to a couple of them i do my my question and comments and when i ask about term limits it's a sea of green everyone supports it but here's the thing i think there's a frustration because they see people in leadership at the federal level congressmen and senators that camp out they, they pop a tent and they live there 40 50 years they want term limits everywhere and so this is commissioner jeff bergash his coffee with the commissioner on wednesday morning having michelle salzman our state representative for district one that's the northern Gosh, what, three quarters, 80%, I don't know what you want to call it distance-wise, of Escambia County. Uh, The bottom portion and then some of Santa Rosa County is Alex Andrade's district. But uh, Michelle Salzman on talking about term limits, which is a a bill she's running, okay? Uh, In fact, she's got a a committee hearing on this bill today. It's going to be in the the Local Administration Federal Affairs and Special District Subcommittee that doesn't have enough extra words thrown into its title committee. Uh, But that's going to be this morning, and so it's at 9 a.m. their time, 8 a.m. our time. There's going to be a hearing on that bill. We've talked quite a bit about term limits on the show the other day, and uh, I will tell you my own, you know, very high level of internal conflict over whether term limits are right or wrong. Uh, Every time I think I'm convinced of which way I, I talk myself out of it, I think I probably lean against them. That makes me unusual in my party. It's typically Republicans favor term limits and Democrats oppose term limits. But um, I think a lot of times people want term limits more so because they have particular politicians they want to get rid of and they haven't figured out how to do that the, the regular way. <laughs> so they, you know, favor term limits because that's the way. And I mean, I get that. That's tempting. You know, I have some of those myself. Um, but, uh, you know, that's not a good reason to favor a thing. If you can't achieve it by regular means, achieve it by other means. No, that's not good. Also, one of the things about this bill that's a little bit odd, very odd, is that it does it not by referendum, as has historically been done, but it does it by um, uh, you know popular vote. It does it by statute. So the legislators decide to limit what the people who are on the county commission can do to eight years. Now, we'll talk about that a little bit here in just a second. But anyway, uh, they continue this conversation about term limits. Uh, again, Jeff Bergash, who has always said he favors them, and Michelle Salzman, who also favors them. You know, a couple of years back, the school board were in the crosshairs and they got their their uh, term limits. UCUA was too. Uh-huh. And now the, the county commissioners are. And, and look, uh-huh. I like to say, I'm, I, I'm, I'm good with it. But I, I feel like sometimes it's it's because we've spoken up or we've pissed the wrong person. Yeah, off. Not me. I mean, I, I can't speak for my Senate sponsor, but I love you all. I tell everybody I, this is but um, my, I have the, a great relationship. You think it's because somebody in the. The far-flung reaches of the state of Florida in Escambia County has irritated some state legislators, and that's why they want to pass this bill? I mean, okay. <laughs> I mean, that seems a bit, you know, self-important, but, you know, okay, that's what he thinks. And, you know, she says, no, that's not the issue at all. Why are term limits necessary for county commissioners? That's my question. Term limits are necessary for all constitutional officers. We're just chipping at it one at a time. 
So I, I, if I had a crystal ball, I would say in four years, every constitutional officer in the state of Florida will be under term limits. Perfect. Okay. And I, and I, and again, I'm, I'm fine with that. We got to do that at a federal level. And and so she's saying, you know, the clerk of court, she's saying the supervisor of elections, she's saying, and it's not just she, that's the Republican party in Florida has been aiming in this direction for years, right? Is everything ought to be under the term limits concept, including the sheriff, you know, for example, and uh, he says, and, you know, one of the points that comes up in this conversation is, well, some projects just take a long time. You know, I think of the Whiting Aviation Park in Santa Rosa County, you know, that Don Salter was working on for years. Uh, Commissioner Bergosh was talking about uh, the District 1, um, or sorry, the uh, fire station on Beulah Road that he was been working on since he got elected, basically. And there are all kinds of projects where you can say that clearly took much more than just even eight years, sometimes even more than 12 years. You know, just by the time you're getting figured out how to do things is when you're out of office. And uh, that's a problem because the, the idea is that somebody's going to have the kind of institutional control of the office. And if it's not the candidate, then it will be apparatus around the candidate. It will be the staff or it will be the donors or it will be the political operatives who don't change or, you know, you're the corporation or somebody. Somebody's going to have long term control over the power that the office is supposed to wield. And the question is, well, is it going to be the candidate, therefore the people to whom that candidate is accountable, or is it going to be, you know, some nebulous or nefarious alternative to that? Um, so anyway, on the question of projects taking a long time, they talked about whether eight or 12 years for county commissioner, two or three terms is the appropriate length. Yeah, no, I totally get it. I'm, I, honestly, I think eight creates a level of consistency across what we're trying to do. But I mean, I am indifferent. There are a lot of charter counties that have 12 years. And so um, that's that's why we're changing it to 12. The chair of the committee is in a community where they already have 12 year term limits from their county charter. And so um, respectfully so, I, I will change it to what she currently has in her county. So that's interesting because that looks like an amendment's going to be filed today when she appears that would change it up to 12 from eight years for county commissioner. And it would not be retroactive. Like, you know, you currently have Stephen Berry's, uh, you know, he's in his third term. Uh, Lumen May is in his third term. Jeff is, uh, Bragash is running for his third term. Uh, Bender is in his second term. And Mike Kohler's in his first term in Escambia County. Uh, in Santa Rosa County, the only one who's close right now is Sam Parker, who's running for his third term. So, uh, but otherwise this would, you know, and it's not going to be retroactive. So there, what's going to happen is if this passes, then they would still have at least two more terms they can run for, uh, possibly three, depending on where they are, is how I read the bill. So, you know, this isn't going to change anything for current county commissioners, or at least not very much. But she says what's coming next is the stuff we talked about a moment ago. Yeah, no, and, and I think, again, I think it's fantastic. And I'm, I think it's refreshing to hear that we're not the only targets that you're going after all the constant. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. I, I think clerk of court or something will be next. If, if I were to guess, um, maybe supervisor of election next. I, I you know, my my uh, speaker that will be in my class has a has a political committee based on term limits. He is so set on term limits for everybody. So I, I anticipate seeing another term limits bill next year. I mean, I'll carry it. I don't care. And see, that's where I start to really dispute the appropriateness of term limits because I understand the push for it when it comes to straight up elected legislative offices like county commissioner or state representative or senator. I do. I get that. Um, and I, I think that's where you have your strongest case to be made. And also, frankly, the strongest case to be made is with the federal offices, like he said, um, you know, at the representative, you know, U.S. Congress, OK, Senate and House. 
because those people are the farthest away from direct accountability and they're the easiest to acquire institutional power to remain in office. And when you do look at some of those folks, you're like, how can a 90-year-old Chuck Grassley be in the Senate? I mean, come on. But then again, the flip side of that is, and this is worth mentioning, is it seems absurd to everybody else except the people who elect him every time. I mean, Iowa doesn't think it's absurd. They keep electing him. So why should it seem absurd to us and therefore become illegal for them to vote for the guy that they want to vote for? You know, that's kind of the argument against term limits is the people are deciding again and again and again. And how dare you say they're making a stupid decision? The whole point of representative democracy is people get to make the decision. So but this issue of legislative variety and sort of taking away the power of the incumbency, I get that for legislative type offices. But what about for offices that are much more based or rooted in a kind of expertise and experience like clerk of the court, you know, takes a certain kind of competence that not just everybody has, you know, and, uh, you know, we've got clerks of the court in both counties that have been there a long time and do a great job and get reelected by massive margins. A supervisor of elections. Is it really better to change supervisor of elections every eight years? I mean, David Stafford and Tappy Valena both, I mean, he's now retired a week ago. He's moved on to uh, CISA, uh, the, you know, the United States um, Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Administration, I think is what that stands for. Um, but he's helping work elections for the feds, right? Which is good for us because that's he's great and he's helping them. Um, but now he's out and, um, you know, his second in command is now in and we're going to have to have an election for that. Uh, is that a gain for us to lose him just based on term limits? Because he would have only been eight years instead of the, like, God, what, 20 years he was in office? And sheriff, same thing. Like, sheriff is not just a legislative political office sheriff is a competence and capability and managerial and loyalty i mean there are some offices for which term limits are a better case and other offices for which they are i think a weaker case and as she said a lot of these constitutional officers um you know those are going to be an issue particularly sheriff is going to be a fascinating one to watch if we're being honest, I think it'll be interesting to see if they actually put term limits on sheriffs. <laughs> I oh, mean, no. try, that, you know, try that one, cowboy. I mean, we'll see how it goes. And, and again, I think some people will say, you know, for example, somebody might say, well, David Morgan was in office for too long. Well, why? Well, because I don't like David Morgan. OK, but, you know, you don't like somebody doesn't mean they shouldn't be in office. You know, Sheriff Johnson is now I think he's third term now, if I remember correctly. And, you know by most people's account, Chip is doing a fantastic job in Escambia County. Do you want to force him out just because eight years arrives? Now, he may not want to serve 12 or 16 or 20 years. I don't know. But again, sheriff is a, you know, why do you want turnover in the sheriff? Is that inherently beneficial for the citizens? 437-1620. I will tell you, there was one last comment in this because she had to go to committee because she was arguing a bill. And he was talking with Wes Moreno, this is Commissioner Bagash, and they were talking, you know, Eric Gilmore, as they always have them on. He always has them on. And then it came up later, and he was asking Wes kind of what he thinks about term limits. And, and, and Wes, the county administrator, had said, yeah, I see the value of not having them because sometimes it takes a long time to get projects enacted. And, you know, you're only learning in your first term, and it's not really to your second term you can start to be effective. Then there was kind of a weird interaction where even though Michelle Salzman had assured Jeff Bergash, that this wasn't retaliation and they weren't trying to clamp down on the Escambia County delegation or something like this. Um, he seems kind of fixated on this idea. As a former school board member, I saw him go after school board members when they asked some legitimate questions. 
to the state and and they they kind of gored some sacred cows and so suddenly they were targeted i think the county commissioners i think you know um we must have we must have pissed someone off um because i don't think they're ever in the world going to go after the other constitutionals the way they've gone after us and so um they're going to do what they do um we can't control it they've got a lot of power I mean, that's kind of a weird thing to say after somebody leaves the room. <laughs> you know, you're you're even if he's not calling her a liar, he's at least saying that the legislature is misrepresenting its plans and that it is personal. It is against county commissioners. He doesn't come out and say it's against them. But, you know, kind of that's a weird thing to think the whole Tallahassee legislature is willing to put on term limits to punish the Scambia commissioner. I don't know. It's a weird thing to say anyway, but then also that, you know, they're not serious about going after all the other constitutional officers. So I don't, I don't know what's going to happen with this, especially in subsequent years. I suspect this bill is going to pass overwhelmingly this year. It it, theoretically, it looks like it's going to go up to 12 years instead of eight years. Uh, We'll find out today when they offer amendments. I looked and I don't see any amendments filed yet. Um, So we'll see what she argues in the committee today, but it's again, it's a fascinating conversation. It's one that, a lot of people have quick knee-jerk reaction to, yeah, I love term limits, or no, I hate term limits. And I genuinely think it's a very, very complicated topic. And I think after having talked about it quite a bit this week, I'm probably against term limits generally, probably like 60-40 against. Uh, I would have said, and I did say on Wednesday, we talked about this a lot, that I am dead even split down the middle 50-50. But I will say it depends on the office, it depends on the term, and particularly relevant for this year's bill. It depends on whether the question is put to the people to vote, which I would generally support, or put to the legislators to decide, which I would generally oppose, because I don't think that the legislators, with no direct input from the citizens, should be telling the citizens that the citizens can't be trusted about who to vote for in the future, because that's basically what term limits say. We cannot trust you to make a good choice when the third or fourth term comes up, so we're going to take away your ability to make that choice At least if the people take away their power, it's one thing. But if the representatives take away their power, that's that's a whole different question. 524 on News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. If you have a uh, home that you're thinking about selling or you're a first-time buyer, you know, you've been living with your folks or just renting on your own, you know, newlyweds, whatever the case may be, and you're trying to figure out where to live, Christina Leavenworth, she is great at both. Now, she sold 175 homes last year, which is insane. I mean, genuinely, that's amazing, all right? That's, uh, what, more than three a week, about three and a half a week? Just for perspective, there are some realtors who'd be happy to get that many in, you know, a year, let alone in a month, you know, really. Um, so that's a lot of homes that they're selling. But, uh, you know, 175 homes last year, doing this only for about seven years, and they just have a system. And the system is you stage, you photograph, you list, you open house, you all of that, and also you communicate. Communication and system, those are two big things. Talk with your clients, figure out what they want, help them to achieve it, right? Simple. You'd think, but they just do it better. 723-9158 for Christina Leavenworth and her team at Levin Rinky Realty. Why choose a Sleep Number Smart Bed? Because no two people sleep the same. Only the Sleep Number Smart Bed lets you each choose your individual firmness and comfort your Sleep Number setting. The Climate 360 Smart Bed is so smart, it actively cools or warms up to 13 degrees on either side for your ideal sleep temperature. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number Special Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. To find a store near you, visit sleepnumber.com. Are you a fan of all things Florida? Then the Fresh from Florida Club should be on your menu. Search and save your favorite recipes, create custom menus, and get all your cooking questions answered by me, Florida's culinary ambassador, Chef Justin, for free. 
It's easy to sign up, and best of all, you'll be supporting Florida's farmers, ranchers, and fishermen. Join today at FreshFromFlorida.com. A message from the Florida Department of Agriculture and Consumer Services, the Florida Association of Broadcasters, and this station. <laughs> My dad has a cold, but also has high blood pressure. That's why I got him Vicks DayQuil High Blood Pressure from Max Strength Daytime Relief. Unlike some ordinary cold medicines, it's specially formulated for people like my dad. DayQuil High Blood Pressure is sugar-free, alcohol-free, and decongestant-free. Vicks DayQuil High Blood Pressure. The daytime, non-drowsy, coughing, aching, fever, sore throat, cold and flu for people with high blood pressure. Like my dad. Medicine. Use it directed. Get news at the top and bottom of every hour with WEAR-TV, our local news team, and Fox News on News Radio Pensacola. Well, ain't we a pair? Raggedy man. <laughs> and we go a little something like this. Hit it. Come on. Good morning, 527 News Radio 923, informative, local, dependable. Be careful tomorrow morning and Sunday morning is uh, once again, we're going to be in the 20s. So you want to have, you know, your pipes, your drip, and your faucet in your house, the farthest one away from the water source. Uh, you know, bring your pets in, cover your plants, do all the smart stuff, right? So it is going to be super wicked, horrible cold Saturday morning. I mean, for our, for, <laughs> I'm from the Midwest. This is like, oh, probably not shorts, you know, but. I under, but the way our pipes work, and certainly the freezing temperature is not good for the pets or the plants. Uh, but, yeah, that's tomorrow and Sunday morning. David Wayne is in the newsroom this morning with our headlines. David? President Biden says there will likely be more U.S. strikes against the Iranian-backed Houthi rebels. Uh, Biden made that comment shortly before departing the White House to head to North Carolina yesterday. Uh, Hunter Biden will be sitting behind closed doors for a deposition on February 28th. Yesterday, officials said he would take part in the House Oversight and Judiciary Committee's impeachment inquiry. Uh, the move comes after Hunter previously avoided a December 13th deposition. And the crew of the Ax Axiom 3 mission uh, blasted off safely yesterday from Cape Canaveral on a Falcon 9 rocket. Uh, the crew consists of four astronauts, including the first astronaut from Turkey, as well as astronauts from Italy, Spain, and Sweden. Axiom bills the mission, the uh, flight as the first all-European commercial astronaut mission. They'll be conducting over 30 scientific experiments aboard the International Space Station. Oh, very interesting. All right, David, thanks so much for the update. 528 here on News Radio 92.3. Um, I don't know if I have enough time to get into this right now. I kind of want to, but... Um, I don't. I'll have to wait. Just trust me. It's worth waiting for. <laughs> you'll, be, you'll be glad for it. Uh, I will say this. I was surprised to learn... You were offered the role of Princess Leia in <laughs> yeah. Star Wars. Is that I true? was, yeah. And they were going for younger, you know, Princess Leia. But Jodie Foster talking with, with uh, Jimmy Kimmel. She's about six years younger than Carrie Fisher, by the way. That would have put her at... When filming, probably 12 to 13. So imagine a Princess Leia at the age of 12 or 13 instead of an adult. But I had um, a conflict. I was doing a Disney movie, and um, I just didn't want to pull out of the Disney movie because I had already I was already under contract, so yeah. I didn't do it. And, you know, they did an amazing job. I don't know how good I would have been. I, I might have had different hair, you know. 
Yeah, you probably would have had, yeah, yeah, was that... I might have gone with a pineapple. (laughs) (laughs) Instead of the bun. I, okay, you know, it's it's hard to wrap your brain around a character that you grew up and loved and are so so associated with a movie and to imagine that it would have been other people or could have been other people. And then you wonder, what would the project have even worked? Would it have had that magic lightning caught in a bottle kind of thing? And it's hard to say. We don't, we, and also you kind of wonder, well, how many of these movies that have the, the great cast, but it, the movie doesn't really work? What if that one person had been different? That was the, the whole change that they really needed. I don't know. I'm not going to speculate, but you know, it's just kind of fascinating there. Hey, Barberry Plumbing, if you got a leak, a drip, or you need somebody to come out because of the freezes coming up or the one that already came, 477-8782. They're fantastic. We had them do some work last week, and they are very, very good. Fox News, I'm C.J. Papa. The first in the nation primary is Tuesday for Republicans and Democrats seeking their party's nominations. Registered Democrats can't participate in New Hampshire's GOP primary, but moderate voters in the state are very influential and independents can vote in either party's presidential primary. Fox's Madeline Rivera in Washington, former President Trump's rival Nikki Haley taking aim at the front runner. The reality is who lost the House for us? Who lost the Senate? Who lost the White House? Donald Trump, Donald Trump, Donald Trump. Haley in Hollis, New Hampshire. President Biden says he's doing a great job with the economy, plus his plan to expand access to the web. It included more than $25 billion to invest in affordable internet, high-speed internet all across America. A president in Raleigh and a cross-country snowstorm invades cities in the Northeast. America's listening to Fox News. Good morning, 531 at News Radio 92.3. It is 56 degrees, mostly cloudy skies right now in Pensacola. The Escambia Sheriff's Office says a woman was taken to the hospital last night after a shooting that happened near Greenwell Street and Memphis Avenue in the Bellevue area. That happened just before 10 o'clock last night. Deputies say the woman had a single gunshot wound. There is currently no word on her condition today. There have been several reports in our area of people getting calls from folks that claim to be Pensacola police officers who say, you've got a warrant. Of course, they're not really cops. PPD spokesman Greg Gordon tells News Radio Real Officers wouldn't call you to talk about a warrant. So so what we're asking is if you get those calls, uh, we're not going to call you. We're going we're, we're gonna to knock on your door. <laughs> you know, we're going to knock on your door and say, hey, this is what's going on. Um, if you get those calls, we want you to call us right away, let us know, and, and we'll clear that up. We are um, documented in our, our computer system, these calls. Gordon says once they're able to identify who is making the calls, they'll send a report to the proper authorities to have them charged. He says you should never give your information to anybody over the phone, as that's a common tactic by scammers or identity thieves. A man who engaged in a multi-day crime spree, which ended with the murder of a Flomaton man, will spend the rest of his life in prison. Caleb Anderson was convicted of killing 52-year-old Dwight Dixon back in August of 2022. Investigators say he sexually assaulted a woman in Michigan on August 1st, killed a man in Green Bay, Wisconsin on the 2nd, and then Dixon on the 3rd. Dixon was found dead in his mobile home. Anderson pleaded guilty to Dixon's death back on January 4th and will will not have a chance for parole. He'll also pay $50,000 in restitution to Dixon's family. A first-of-its-kind mass shooting prevention call center is now live in South Florida. Founder Sean Connany says it's set up to work 
similar to a suicide prevention hotline. The potential shooter can call in and speak to a live person who can help to help to steer them in a different direction. 80% of the mass shooters are normally suicidal or have tried suicide in the past. And if we can get to them in their planning stage, we may be able to help them. And that call center is open 24 hours a day and seven days a week. And uh, Connolly says uh, nothing else has worked to stop mass shootings. So he said this was at least worth a try. Uh, Pensacola police are continuing a death investigation today after a man in his 60s was discovered in the bushes outside of a business on North Davis Highway. And this happened yesterday morning. Uh, it happened between Ditmar and Hewitt Streets and led to a portion of the North Davis being temporarily closed yesterday. The man was originally found unresponsive but was taken to a hospital where he ended up dying. If you have any information on this case, you should contact the Pensacola Police Department. It is 534 at News Radio 92.3, and let's get a look at our Channel 3 weather. We will have a wet start to the day, and then showers will dry up by the afternoon. 54 degrees for your high. Temperatures drop overnight into the 20s. We're going to wake up very cold on Saturday. 20s as you wake up, with temperatures feeling more like the teens. Sunny skies in the afternoon with a high near 43. Saturday night, another very cold night with temperatures dropping back in the 20s. Stay connected to Channel 3 News First Warning Weather Team. Download the WEA. RTV Weather app. This is Brooke Richardson from the First Warning Weather Center. And it's a nice warm morning compared to some we've had this week. Right now, 56 in Pensacola, 56 in Gulf Breeze, 55 in Milton. Our next news at 6 o'clock. Breaking news anytime it happens. I'm David Wayne, News Radio 92.3. News Radio Pensacola has you covered no matter where you are or how you like to listen. Tune into our frequencies on 92.3 FM, 95.3 FM, and AM 1620 for the latest breaking news, local updates, and in-depth analysis. Can't be near a radio? No problem. Stream us live on our website or through our convenient app. Available for download on your mobile device. Plus, with our smart device integration, you can ask your virtual assistant to play News Radio 92.3, and we'll be right there with you. It's News Radio Pensacola. Pensacola Opera's 41st season. Opening with Donizetti's Lucia di Lammermoor, January 26th and the 28th, a tragic tale of the madness of matrimony. Lucia is madly in love with her family's fierce enemy, but an arranged marriage to save her family might just drive her mad. Donizetti's beautifully tumultuous score is a masterpiece of drama, heartbreak, love, and madness. Tickets start at just $25. Learn more at PensacolaOpera.com or by calling 850-433-6737. Gulf Coast businesses are set to lose over $10 million this month. I'm Nathan with Data Revolution, and this is your Cybersecurity Tip of the Month. W-2s and 1099s are being sent out, and scammers are posing as both employees and employers to collect Social Security and bank account information. Be wary of requests asking to change address or bank information through email alone. Businesses along the Gulf Coast trust Data Revolution for their cybersecurity and communications needs. Visit datarevs.com for more information. Pensacola Morning News with Andrew McKay. Mornings before pep talk on News Radio 92.3. Informative, local, dependable. shows you the dedication that your law enforcement community has here in Escambia County. I mean, we want, we will use, utilize every tool we have available to us 
whether it's local, state, federal, international, we don't care. Because the most important thing is to make sure Pensacola is safe. Pensacola is vibrant. And if anybody out there thinks they're gonna get away with anything here in Pensacola, you have another thing coming. Because we're serious about making sure our city is safe. We're serious about protecting them. That's uh, Chief Eric Randall of the Pensacola Police Department talking last week about as Friday a week ago actually, talking about the um, well the discovery unfortunately of the body of Kayla Atwood and then the charges filed against her ex-boyfriend uh, on a variety of subjects, including of course for the homicide, but also for tampering with the video evidence, with the neighbor across the streets, video camera and stuff like that. Uh, so yesterday we had a chance to talk about this case and other cases uh, with Greg Gordon. He is the uh, one of the other public information officers for the Pensacola Police Department. Mike was out, uh, you know, yesterday, so we talked with uh, Officer Gordon. Officer Gordon, welcome back to the Pensacola Morning News, sir. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, getting back to the uh, the Cable Atwood case, um, th- to me, part of what this case shows is that PPD, like our other law enforcement agencies, you never give up on missing persons and homicides, right? Oh, we don't. You know, our, our from our patrol guys to uh, officers to our detectives, I mean, they were relentlessly pursuing this case and, and trying to find out um, where she was, you know, and, uh, and and they worked really hard. They worked really hard. And um, unfortunately, we had the outcome it was, but we had that suspect arrested. And, and in this case, the way I understand it, I think it was the PNG article had talked about it, that uh, the allegation is that the ex-boyfriend had actually gone across the street and asked the neighbor, hey, I'm trying to solve this on my own. Can I see your video? And the neighbor's like, sure, and then deleted it. Or at least it was missing later on, which is, <laughs> needless to say, uh, abundantly <laughs> suspicious, right? Yeah, that's definitely called a clue. <laughs> and, you know, um, you know, he originally got arrested for destruction of uh, or tampering with evidence. So that sort of um, helped us uh, uh, get him arrested and, and sort of, Keep eyes on them for a short period of time until we could uh, um, get the, the the homicide warrant taken care of and, and him arrested for the homicide. So, yeah, yeah, the big clue there, you know. And and also to me, uh, an, a reminder of the tremendous value that the canine officers have, and for a wide variety of needs, whether it's uh, sniffing out you know bomb related materials at the airport, sniffing drugs, tracking suspects, or in this case. Uh, Rather morbid, but really important police dog function finding corpses, right? Yeah, totally. And, you know, I, I tell everybody, hey, if you get the opportunity to, uh, we have these canine trials and demonstrations um, every so often. Check them out. You will, you will be amazed at what these dogs can do. They're, they're just, uh, they're a great tool and a great asset to the department. Um, awesome, awesome, awesome animals. I, I'm, I mean, every time I talk to the canine folks, I'm always amazed by things you, you pick up like that. The dog can tell the difference uh, based on how how long it's been since somebody ran in tennis shoes across concrete, <laughs> or that you use <laughs> that you use dogs because they can smell out the digital electronics components in SIM cards and USB sticks that are kept inside a house because child pornographers store it away from their computer. Oh, they can sniff those out, no problem. That's fine. Yeah, you, you know, um, they're you know when they get ready to go to work, they go to work and they they. Uh, uh, we have a canine that does that, a uh, canine tailor, and and then our our drug and apprehension dogs, and they are they're just they're just they're rock stars, man. They they do great great work. It is amazing. Uh, hey, Greg, this is actually a good example. Of, you know, I'm always people are always able to ask you know me questions, and I can ask you questions. And I just got a text in from somebody four three seven sixteen twenty. Is PPD doing anything to stop the very realistic fake police calls saying that you have a warrant for your arrest? 
so so what we're asking is if you get those calls uh, we're not going to call you we're going to we're, we're going to knock at your door <laughs> you know we're going to knock at your door and say hey this is what's going on um if you get those calls we want you to call us right away let us know and, and we'll clear that up we are um documenting our, our computer system these calls um but once we could, once we can put a little line on on who who these people are uh, then, then these reports will be uh, forwarded to the proper authorities regarding it. But we're, you know, call us if you have a question. If they're and truly, if you think the police are calling you and you're questioning it, call the police. <laughs> it's just plain and simple. Call us. Let let us help you. I'm going to do things out of order here for a second because it leads me to what I was going to ask you as our frivolous, not a frivolous, but our like, did you know or our uh, you know cop myth <laughs> kind of thing. So it's kind of two parts. Part number one is, you know, in TV shows you see people try to hold the bad person on the line longer in order to get a more accurate trace of their location. In this day and age, is that accurate? You know, it's got to be 45 seconds or you can't trace them. Is there any truth to that? <laughs> uh, that that's a myth on our part. On, on, uh, it's, you know, television, man. You know, we, we love it, but um, it, it, it does us credit. It doesn't do us credit. But, no, um, we we – we uh, when you get a call, we get a call in to, to dispatch. They can sort of geofence it or geolocation and get you a, a, a pretty accurate location of the, the area you're at. So, and pretty much instantly. Um, that doesn't really. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Even even if he bounces it off of satellites in China and South Africa and Venezuela first. <laughs> Man, that guy! Uh, if he's calling the Pensacola Police Department to try to try to <laughs> throw one over in us, he must be bored. <laughs> So that so that's that's the other oh, question yeah. then is um, so as a private individual who's getting a scam call like this, um, obviously keep the phone number if there's one that comes across. Uh, but is but it doesn't yeah. sound like it doesn't sound like keeping the bad guy on the line longer in order to get better information does any good to anybody. Am I right? No, it doesn't. It doesn't. Just like said, um, uh, just give us a call. Let them know that. Let us know that uh, that has happened, and we'll. Uh, We'll um we'll input in input that information to our system and like I said don't give don't give anyone your personal information over the phone it's it's uh it's bound to turn out bad. Very good. Um, <laughs> other back to kind of regular material for PPD. Uh, there was a car that crashed into a house this last week, right? Yeah, in the area of uh, Maxwell and uh, Escambia, right down there near uh, Bayou, uh, Bay, uh, Bayou Park, right in that area. Uh, vehicle is traveling uh in that. Uh, eastbound and, and, and crashed and into a house. Uh, the, the 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 owners of the house were, I think, they're minor injuries, not not uh, injured. And uh, the driver, we did have to do a pre-fatal and, and those kind of things, uh, the situations, just to be sure. But uh, um, the driver was uh, taken to the hospital for treatment. Very pretty, uh, pretty uh, yeah. And also, and always scary stuff because you know all kinds of reasons people can have crashes, and a lot of times recently, I think we've seen cases where it's like medical events, you know. And I mean, if you're driving a car and something happens, and you know things, ha I'm not saying that's what happened here, but you know that that certainly can happen. And then there was a really neat story. Um, I think it was Channel Three did a really good profile on you guys because you were you know doing outreach to the homeless ahead of the cold snap, which, of course, we're going to have again going into Saturday morning and Sunday morning. And so, you know, just uh -huh. communicating with people and making sure that they're pre they're prepared and taking care of them if they need to be, right? Yeah, we uh, our officers are out there doing it. We have our CRA officers that are downtown, and they're uh, reaching out to the to the homeless population. And, and the officers are just patrolling the area. If they see someone, they're going to reach out to them, talk to them. If, they, if they're 
if they want to go to a shelter, we have uh, the Men's Waterfront Mission um, and a couple other shelters in the area that will uh, accept them for overnight. Um, and if they don't want to go, um, if we have them, we're going to offer them blankets. And with that, we're taking donations of blankets. As long as they're washed and folded, hmm. uh, we'll take donations for blankets. Uh, you bring them down to the police department, drop them off because, you know, we, we hand them out. We really do use them. So uh, that would really help out. Um, but, yeah, so we're out there, and if, we'll give them a ride there, too, as well. So we want to make sure that they're safe. Uh, bring the blankets to the headquarters on Haines Street? Yes, sir, 711 North Haines Street. Very good. Oh, that's a neat program, and I especially like that because that alleviates the citizen from having to perform the interaction, which, you know, can with the homeless person can sometimes be fine and sometimes not be fine. And it also gives your, your folks uh, something that they can do to help, which uh, enhances their profile and relationship with the homeless community, which is always a bit uh, of a challenge. So, no, that's all to the good. I love it. Uh, and a kind of reminder that when you say to serve yeah, and protect, yeah. you mean it, right? Kind of both, right? Yeah, it, you know, totally. You know, and, and we, we, we know where the we, – we see the people out, out and about, but we also know where they camp or – or maybe camping, so we can go out there and actually do it, like you said, safely uh, and without issue. So, yeah, um, yeah. if you have some blankets, bring them on to the station, because this weekend is going to be uh, another chilly one. Absolutely. Uh, Greg Gordon, Officer Greg Gordon with the Pensacola Police Department, one of the PIO staff there. Greg, as always, thank you for the time. Thanks for pinch-hitting for Mike this week. I appreciate it, sir. Take care. All right, thanks. I made his first base. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was a solid double, man. That was really good. No, he did great. Uh, 547 here on News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. If you have a project in the home that you're working on, you need hardware supplies, you know, tools, safety gear, nails and screws, whatever it is you need, Pensacola Hardware, they have it. They, I mean, it really is. If you go in there and you look around for a minute, you're like, oh, this is a whole different kind of hardware store just because of the variety of things that they have, the interesting stuff. You kind of you'll get you'll get lost in there in a good way. You know, you'll be like, oh, that and that and that all look good. But also great for the advice. A great place to just ask your questions and get input. And you don't have to worry about, will they know what they're talking about? Because they will. They will. They've been doing this for a long time. I mean, not these people have been doing it since 1851, but the institutional knowledge and the idea that they have basically helped build almost everything here in the Pensacola area over, God, 170, what, three years in business, the oldest business in the entire state of Florida. That's amazing. That's why you can count on getting good advice from them because they know what you need and they know how to help you figure out how to use it. Right downtown at 20 East Gregory Street, Pensacola Hardware. It's game time. And if you want the best party platters, meats, and deli items for college or NFL games, Costello's Butcher Shop and Deli is the place to meet up and wine all you want. That's right. Costello's will have it all ready for you. All you got to do is call ahead. Choice to Wagyu, chicken, pork, and prime rib to fine wine, cheese, and desserts, boar's head lunch sandwiches, and the best exotic meat selection of the Gulf Coast. Italian family hospitality at its best. It's Costello's Butcher Shop and Deli, a great place to meet up on the west side of Pensacola. Loading the kids in the car, brokering peace in the back seat, mastering the snack handoff without even looking. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with auto owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. We work with independent agents who keep insurance simple so you can worry about more important things like figuring out what's growing in that cup holder. That's simple human sense. Ask Rushing Insurance in Pensacola and Daphne if auto owners make sense for you. Join Stephen Schmidt, Marine Service Technology Instructor at Georgetown Technical College for Boat Smart on the Pensacola Expert Panel today at 10 a.m. Key Marine sponsoring the show. When Key Marine needs to hire Marine Service technicians, they hire students from Georgetown Technical College. 
Have a boating question for Stefan? Then give us a call at 437-1620. It's a dream team, so join them today at 10 a.m. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 92.3 AM 1620. Here's what's happening around Pensacola this week. Join the fun of the Kids and Critters Mardi Gras Parade, a walking procession for people and pets, Saturday beginning at 2 in the Casino Beach parking lot. See PensacolaBeachMardiGras.com for more. The 28th Annual Cordova Mall Ball is Saturday night, benefiting the Studer Family Children's Hospital. Come out for the sights, food from favorite restaurants and chefs, live music, and fun. See PensacolaMardiGras.com. Submit your events at NewsRadio923.com. Guy Benson, keeping you informed of the news every day at 2, right after Mark Lee Van Camp and Robbins on News Radio 92.3. Informative, local, dependable. Man, this floor is freezing. What do you want me to do? Fetch your slippers for you? Gee, would you, sir? I'd like that. Look into my eye. Migrants don't just want to come here. We told them to come here. And Mr. Beer, the Statue of Liberty, situated next to Ellis Island, uh, in an in iconic American symbol, reads, Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free. The wretched refuse of your teeming shore. Send these, the homeless, tempted toss to me. I lift my lamp beside the golden door. Okay, just procedural note. If you're a freshman congressman from Orlando, and that's Maxwell Frost speaking in a House committee uh, the other day about HB2, the immigration bill, and you're going to read the inscription from the Statue of Liberty, you maybe should know what the words are. <laughs> I, I'm paraphrasing. It's not wretched refuse. It's wretched refuse. Refuse as a verb, emphasis on the first syllable. Refuse as, or sorry, emphasis on the second syllable. Emphasis on the first syllable if it's a verb, and this is, uh, or if it's a noun, and that's what this is. So it's wretched refuse, <laughs> not wretched refuse. And then it's tempest, sir. The wretched refuse of your teeming shore. Send these, the homeless Tempest tossed to me. Tempest. I lift my it's lamp tempest. beside so, okay. the golden right. door. Okay, Whatever. I just uh. <laughs> these things bother me. So, what was he getting at? To my colleagues on the other side of the aisle, let's be honest with immigrants who deserve better than what you're offering them. Don't welcome immigrants if you plan to reject them. If you keep pushing your bigoted HR2 bill, then also pass this bill. I've taken the liberty of drafting it for you. It- and you've got to you got to see it while he's talking. His aide has shown up with a giant red background, but picture of the Statue of Liberty. And it comes in two panels, the pedestal only, and then the statue part. What you're seeing initially is both parts together. It removes the Statue of Liberty, our largest symbol that tells people to come here. This is who you are, removing the fabric of America. So I want to know which Republican who supports and voted for H.R. 2 We'll introduce this bill. Here's the dramatic pause while his aide fumbles with the flap to show you the pedestal empty of the Statue of Liberty. Still pausing. If you're going to support H.R. 2 and these bigoted measures, the least you can do is not be a damn liar. Oh, no. He threw some profanity in with the mispronunciations. Okay, fair enough. Um, so his, his proposal is 
well, if y'all are going to hate immigrants so much, then let's tear down the Statue of Liberty. Now, you know the Statue of Liberty actually wasn't erected for immigrants. It's been used for that. It's actually, um, <laughs> it was actually erected to celebrate the end of the Civil War and slavery. Uh, but people don't know, so, you know, whatever. He goes on, he finishes. As Americans, we must reject hypocrisy and lead with love. And as long as Republican officials are more interested in peddling hate, the solutions and uh, to fixing this problem in our immigration system will only get worse. Thank you. I yield back. Well, we'll c- we might come back to the wretched refuse of this proposal in the transgressors memorial service coming up in about a half hour. If you do not know what that is, oh, man. Re- I mean, seriously, and I know some of you don't because you just don't listen at that time, but... Trust me, at 620 or 820, the early service or the late service, I play a woke pastor uh, noting the passing of concepts in the past week uh, as if they got canceled. So, or, And some of them, they do get canceled. So anyway, you want to check that out. comes up at 620 or 820. Uh, right now, David Wayne is in the newsroom with our headlines. David? Congress has passed a stopgap funding bill ahead of uh, the deadline today to prevent a partial government shutdown. That bill now heading to President Biden's desk. Uh, The bill would keep the government funded through March, and it's the third stopgap bill since uh, last September. Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell and other Republicans now signing a brief in support of keeping former President Trump on the Colorado primary ballot that uh, argues against the state Supreme Court decision to remove him for violating the insurrectionist clause. And uh, new documents show coronavirus's genetic sequence was actually submitted to a U.S. database weeks before China's official release. The sequence doesn't show the origin of the coronavirus that causes COVID-19, but does go against the Chinese government's claims about how much it knew about the virus. It seems like in the last month, we've pretty much got at least the beginnings of evidence against kind of everything we were ever told about. You know, we got Fauci saying that there was no scientific basis for the six-foot rule. You've got, uh, you know, uh, National Institute of Health director um, talking about the questions that they had and that they were only looking at, you know, public safety. They weren't considering the impacts on, say, the economy or on schools. And, you know, we've got now challenges to the, you know, the timeline on the origin and about the credibility of the Wuhan lab leak theory. You've got Joe Ladipo coming out and, you know, recommending that people don't get their shots because of concerns about still fairly rare um, health concerns. But it's there. And also, you know, his his claim that the uh, pr- the approval process didn't properly account for some of the problems with the design of the uh, uh, the mRNA vaccines, particularly, and then with some of the um, contaminants that are in there, he says. Now, I've read some of the response papers too, and I don't think his concerns are as significant as you know people say. But uh, I mean, and even that, like that, the uh, FDA what considered the possibility of releasing a note about concerns for the uh, myocarditis risk. I mean, it's like okay, all right, you know, it's it just we're now what three years after, you know. Two and a half years after the end, four, four, three years after the beginning, almost four years after the beginning. And um, it seems like we're learning all kinds of new stuff all the time. So The more we know, the less we know, it, it seems. <laughs> that's, a, that's an awful and great way to put it. No, thanks for that, David. I appreciate it. Uh, were you done, sir? That is all I've all got right, for perfect. right now. Perfect. Thank you so much. 437-1620. That's my phone number. If you are looking for that next vehicle, Frontier Motors is a great place to at least start the car buying process because right in one place you get the giant smorgasbord of cars of good quality 
almost new cars. You know, one, two, three years old, low miles, great condition cars that you can buy and drive for a long time. You don't have to pay the depreciation hit of owning that new car. That that first mile is super expensive, right? That's what Dave Ramsey always talks about. I agree, same philosophy. We don't buy brand new cars. We buy cars that are almost new, and then we enjoy them for an awful long time. And I did at Frontier Motors, and I can't imagine going anywhere else because their idea is they want to make you a customer for life. So we're going to treat you well the first time and the second time and the third time to make sure you come back instead of just taking, you know, best we can get out of you one time and then we never have to see you again, which is how some people do it. Anyway, Frontier Motors is a great uh, source of good quality used cars serving the Pensacola community for more than 25 years, right behind the big Buffalo on Beverly Parkway. Be sure to tell them Andrew McKay says hi. 437-1620. Have you seen the Dick Morris video? (laughs) I just don't. If you've seen it. If you've seen it, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you have not seen it and you're like Jake's reaction, which is what? That was my reaction when somebody asked me about this yesterday. You know Dick Morris, longtime political analyst. He was a consultant to Bill Clinton, okay? He's doing a Newsmax interview ahead of the the caucus in Iowa. Dick Morris, your thoughts tonight? Well, I think Trump is going to score a huge victory. I think the media is going to try to downplay it because, as you correctly said, Ron, they're basically supporting Nikki Haley. So they're going to downplay it, and they're going to try to say, oh, he didn't get a majority or he got 48%. But some, one way or another, this is a huge victory for Donald Trump. And uh, I believe this is going to be a very short presidential race. What you cannot hear but could very clearly see right around the second sentence <laughs> was, you ever done a Zoom video and something weird happened? Okay. So he's doing this Zoom video, and the door to a room behind him opens, presumably to a bedroom, maybe, I don't know, and out walks, I don't know, a portly 50-year-old man and a wife beater and boxer shorts, <laughs> and just walks through the frame. Oh, he's cool. That's just my neighbor. <laughs> What's that all about? <laughs> Nobody knows he didn't address it. Local news every hour and breaking news when it matters most. News Radio 92.3, WNRP Golf Breeze, Milton, Pensacola.